fun. This is episode 75, and today we have a very special guest that I'm happy to be talking with. His name is Matthew Whitehead, and he's from Manchester, UK. Uh, so anybody you watching from UK, uh, go ahead and connect this man. You can find him on Matthew Invests on Instagram. Of course, I'm going to put a link in the description for that. Uh, but he's property developer and all-around hands-on investor. So again, this show is going to be all about real estate, real estate investing, developments. So, you know, I'm just happy to have you on today, Matthew. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to be here. Awesome. Listen, uh, I think what people would like to know is your story again, because, uh, you know, everybody has a different um, story when it comes to, you know, real estate beginnings, you know. So I would like to hear your story. Where did you begin your real estate investing journey and how did it start for you? Well, I mean, everyone's got you know, the, this strange, well, there's, there's almost an awakening moment when people want to become an entrepreneur. And, you know, with real estate investing, that breaks into this entrepreneurial life. And um, so you need to have a mindset, mindset shift at some point. And that's, that's kind of what happened to me. It wasn't something that I've, I've never, I never knew any property developers. I never knew anything about investing um, from when I started. But I was, I was working on super yachts and saving a bit of money, nothing major, spending a lot um, and just kind of you know, wasting it away. Um, then luckily for me, uh, a few years ago, what was it, about four and a half years ago now, um, I got arrested in America and went to jail there. Which How was, okay, so can we stop for a second? How did that happen? Can you tell uh, us a little bit of short yeah, stuff? Yeah, I, um, I, I enjoyed all-you-can-drink mimosas. And <laughs> so I decided before I get on an airplane that I'd go and uh, pay my $20 for all-you-can-drink mimosas and uh, have a bit of brunch, a bit of eggs benedict. Uh, carried on drinking at the airport, got pissed, got on an airplane. And yeah, in America, they don't fuck around with that. So, um, so they, they took me off the airplane and, uh, and yeah, and they started to, uh, get a bit hands on and, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, dropped me, dragged me through the airport in handcuffs. And, uh, and then I thought I was just going to be held there for a few hours, but they actually then stuck me in their big county jail. Wow. Wow. So yeah, I, would, I thought, shit, shit. I think I've lost my job. Um, because yeah, you can't really have a record and, you know, I had a visa in, in America, so I thought, shit, I probably lost my visa as well. Um, and weird thing was when I was in there, I found a guy that I knew as well. He was in there for, I think it was 18 months he was doing, um, but yeah, strange, yeah, swings and roundabouts anyway. Um, so while I was in there, that was my light bulb moment. Never had had one really before, always kind of fell into things. Um, I only got the job on, on super yachts because I got pissed at a barbecue and turns out the people I was there with were a captain and an engineer and, you know, a deck officer. Great. Just fell into that. Um, but this time I thought I've fucked up here and I think I might have lost everything. But what I really lost would have been the job. I, I would have been able to have come back home. I had a house in the UK with my wife there and my little dog and... I had a life here that I never visited. I only, I only came home four months of the year. Um, and when most people would be scared shitless, I was actually kind of excited about the prospect of it all being taken away. Rather than me having to make the decision, it was now gone. 
and that was kind of freeing. So you get that freedom moment and you realize that the job's not worth it. It's not worth, you know, the few thousand pounds a month you're making um, for being away eight months of the year. You know, what's the point in having money if you can't spend it? What's the point in having a family if you mm. can't see them? You know, yeah. so, um, so that was the kind of awakening. And I must have been in there probably 12 hours when I went, right, I think I've, I think I've figured this out. So, so let me out. And they're like, no, no, that's, that's not how this works. You stay put. Um, so I was in there for a couple of days and then had to go to court and everything and managed to get out of that. And, and then that was it. I, um, I, was re- I was ramped up. I actually had in my bag at the time that I got arrested was Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I hadn't, I'd, read, I'd read a few pages. It just, it's these weird things. Why did I have the book when I never really gave a shit about my own life and investing and looking at the future? But it was there. So it was the first book that I read on leaving. And, um, and when I left there, I decided that I, I still, I didn't know anything about property investing or what I was going to do. I, my plan was I was going to go and try and make sure I still have my job. Definitely don't tell them about this. And hopefully it won't flag up every time I come into customs. Um, and then just kind of keep this job and keep saving the money for the next five years. And at that point, I would definitely leave, but I had no idea what I was going to do. So, so that was the plan. I just figured a five-year plan because that's what people do. Um, but then as soon as I got out, the minute the door opened, I went, oh, let's just do it in three years because I'm so excited. And, um, and that's what I did. That's the plan I followed. But, you know, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And at the back of that, he starts talking about property investing. I go, oh this might be the solution. In three years, I'll do something with property investing. So then I started Googling and I wondered if there was another book out there. And me being an idiot, I had not figured that there was thousands of the things. So I just started reading one after another after I ordered, I think three, finished them really quick. Order 10, finished them really quick. And then I discovered audio books and started listening, listening. And in the next, the following 12 months and 10 days, it took me to become financially independent and quit my job. Um, which again, you know, it was going to be three years and it got reduced to 12 months and uh, 12 months and 10 days, which is mind blowing. The progress, it was as if I'd had a decade of progress in one year. Um, and that was simply down to reading these books, having the enlightenment moment um, and the combination of the two education and action and it just is a recipe for success um mm. so that was how i got in it was literally just timing if i'd never been locked up i would have never have had the awakening moment of yes i can live without this job and if i'd never read rich dad poor dad maybe i would have picked up a book on forex trading maybe i would have done that and had no passion for it and given up after you know three weeks mm. so yeah, it's just, it's a strange one, but that's that's the uh, the story of how I got into it. That's a very cool story, you know. Very, as I said, you know, to the audience, this everybody have their own story, and again, this is your story of you know discovering what do you want to do and who do you want to be. Again, uh, you know, because life gives gives us those gifts, you know, in, in unexpected ways. And, uh, you know, but I think the question is that people would like to know, how does the Rich Dad Poor Dad book ended up being in your bag at that point? Um, 
I think I think it was down to a friend of mine was always reading Money Week, and he was always investing, doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and I I picked it up and flicked through, and saw that there was an advert. And it said top ten business books, or top well, top ten wealth books, something like that. And I I saw Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'll get that. But I think I mean these things were I I was never reading them. I never I never paid attention. So I'd I'd have the magazine sat on the bed. I'd have the magazine lying around, um, because it looks the part. Um, and the, and I bought the book with the intention that if I read this, I'll probably be successful. But I was too busy going to the pub. I was too busy on nights out. I was too busy, busy being busy doing anything, mm. watching movies. So I'd I'd read one page a month, something like that. So this book just never got never got read. There you go. So big shout out to your friend for, for yeah. hooking you up with the book. Yeah, yeah. He, he, hooked me up with, <laughs> he was my first investor as well. Here you go. Here you go. That's how the life works. I, you know, and I, I love these moments, you know, when people, you know, when you when you share that, because like life do happens in those, you know, magical ways. And maybe sometimes, again, the problems that we have, uh, again, just like you had the problem when you got locked up for, for a short time, you know, and, and been there and you kind of you know, you made from the worst situation, you made the best situation because you, you was like, you got that light bulb moment when the light came on and it was like, man, there's a solution to, to the problems, you know? So like if people would begin, because again, we're still talking in the COVID times. And again, this is a message for kind of for everybody, including myself also, if we just look for, you know, the best in the worst situations, we can, you know, get that light bulb going, you know, many times in a day and, and you know, start moving towards the light and the solutions and to the good things. Uh, but what I wanted to mention that you have your own book also. It's yeah. called Excuses Kill Them All by Matthew Whitehead. So can you talk about the book? Why did you decide to write it and what's in the book? Yeah, I, I decided to write it um, when I was leaving my job. And I said to everyone, just you watch six months time, I'll have a book. And I figured it would be called Excuses Kill Them All. I had the title, I had the concept. And what I had realized in that 12 months, so, so in that 12 months and 10 days, I did everything that I thought was impossible beforehand. Um, I stopped drinking for 12 months and 10 days. I didn't watch TV for 12 months and 10 days. I read more books in them 12 months than... I had read in my entire life. Um, I, you know, all these things came in place. I became really good at um, doing the numbers on property investing for a guy who was who would always say, oh, I'm not good at math. Yeah, I got really good at math. For a guy who, oh, I don't read. Well, I got really fast at reading. Um, you know, things like that. A guy who identified himself as a, as a kind of you know, guy who likes to party and drink, I became stone cold sober and became you know, quite a, just a nice, calm person rather than loud and active. It, it, I changed completely 180. Um, so, and what I identified from that was everything comes down to excuses. You know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I want to lose weight, but I can't because work gets in the way. Okay, that's, that's, that's an excuse. So let's identify how many hours that you don't have at work. Oh, well, I have 12 hours that I'm not at work. Right. So you've got 12 hours that you can exercise and then they'll give me another excuse here, yeah, but it's England. It's always raining. So I can't go out and run. Okay. Run the spot inside your house. Well, my house isn't very big. All right. Then, then, then run in the rain. 
you, you know, you're waterproof. And, and we keep going with these excuses until we run out. And then basically what people need to do is identify that if you drop the excuses, you, you have two choices. Do it or just accept that you're not going to do it. If you don't want to exercise, say, yeah, I'm not going to exercise. I'm going to put on weight. Don't care. Fully embrace that because that will become your personality. That becomes who you are. If you don't want to read books, you will not educate yourself further than where you are now. So either accept it or pick up the fucking book. That's it. Don't make excuses. I don't want to hear it. If you're late for a meeting, I don't care if there was traffic. Just apologize because that's a man who accepts who he is. It's not someone who, oh, 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 oh there was traffic. No, you're blaming someone else. Mm. And that's what the book is really about. You get to the end of the book. It's a kick up the arse. And a lot of people can say, yes, it, it's things that we already know. Yes, but it's things that we haven't read precisely in one book, in one place, that should consolidate this information. Don't make excuses. Go for your goals. Figure out what you want in life because everyone's different and then go after it. No excuses. Yeah, I love it. I love the title. And again, I love the fact that you took the time to put, to put the book together again. And you're not one of those people, you know, as, um, as a, you know, a theorist, you know, who is like, oh, I think it's a good idea, you know, and I have this theory about, you know, having no excuses. I'm just going to write a book. Like you're actually doing these things yourself. So, you know, you're coming from, you know, different, different angle. And again, from your own perspective, from your own experience, which is, which is really cool. So where, and is there a book for sale? Like where people can get that is like an Amazon where, where's this? Up? Yeah, yeah. You can get it on um, If you go to Amazon, um, any, any of the Amazons around the world, um, you can yeah. go that way. Uh, I've dropped the price as well to something really low. I think it's £4.95. So again, no excuses, you know, yeah. it's, it's just, just go and buy it, give it a read. Um, if you like it, great, hit me up, write something on Instagram um, give me a review. If you don't like it, then um, I don't know, throw give it. Give it, still give a review. Yeah, feedback feedback is always good, you know, if it's good or bad, you know, so it, it helps us to improve also. I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about, about books and knowledge. Um, because if, if I just share with you and the all the listeners out there, the very simple life is simple. We just kind of make it complicated because we yeah. want to make it look really fancy that we're navigating something really difficult, but it's quite easy. Now, the only difference between me and a rocket scientist are two things: it's the education about rocket science and it's putting it into practice. That's it. Same with me and a doctor. Same with me and anyone. So when I was working on boats, I was a sailor. I knew nothing about property. So in order to get into property, I needed to, one, get the education, then two, put it into practice. So anyone out there just, you know, it's even when people um, look at buying books. Oh, I might, oh, I might buy it, I might not. The goal is to buy all of them and read all of them and consume all of them. Don't even buy it. Get it from the library, whatever. Just, you have to get these books. You have to get the knowledge and... Um, I think people waste a lot of time going, should I, should I read this one or that one? Buy them both. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. That's the right answer. If you're, if you're asking yourself, should I, should I read it or not? You should, definitely. Hmm. So uh, can you talk about your first property? Because I'm just looking at it on Instagram. Um, I would like to hear, again, first property is kind of, you know, the first is the first, is, 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 the, is where the journey starts. It starts with your, you know, a decision, but 
now it's like it's real you know so can you talk about how did you find the property like how do you close on it you know what did you do with the property do you still have it did you sold it like what's what's going on with that yeah i mean it was after after educating myself for a couple of months i i realized right i've got a i've got some information um, I, ha I had saved up money. That, that's very important that people starting out, everyone's trying to start out with no money. I'd saved some money. So I would advise, do that, people. How do I do that? Get a job. Um, so, so I had some money in the bank and I now had some knowledge. So the next step is let's buy property. So um, the first thing that I did, I went to the cheapest area possible um, near me and I, I started bidding on a house for about 40 grand and i ended up having a survey done it and the surveyor said yeah this this place is disgusting don't don't buy it and i thought oh right and he said, you, you were aware of all these issues it has with it i was like no no so he said yeah then just walk away so so i did um and that was good uh, because that, that house is still crap in a crap area and i'm glad i never bought it so i started thinking right i need to get just let's up the price. I just want to get something nice and simple because I knew nothing about structural problems. I knew nothing about redevelopment of any properties, even putting a window or a door. How much does that cost? Decorating was literally, I mean, I couldn't decorate. So having to find a decorator was, was daunting for me at the time. So I thought, right, I'll get a, get a house in an area that I really know well. So I bought in Salford, um, which was probably... I would say half a mile from where I was born and raised. So I knew this area like the back of my hand. So that's good. I don't need to worry about not knowing the people, what type of tenant demographic I'm going to get. Um, capital appreciation, I knew what was happening in the area. Uh, Media City was on the doorstep. So, you know, there's the major employment centre, Manchester and Media City and also Trafford Park. So, you know, we've, and I was reading the books, it said, make sure, you know, your tenants can be employed near the house. Well, they can make sure you know the area okay yep i know that and if you want to buy the bread and butter of an investor you go for two bed terrace so i went right that's what i'll do and i upped my price and i was looking now around everything but just below 100 grand um, and i found this house i think it was it was either 90 or 93 thousand something like that um and yeah just when yeah that looks good looks like it's in a good condition i was back on leave from the boat so i was doing a few viewings but um, I was doing the viewings like I did, well, like, like any amateur does, you book one a day, something like that. I'm going to see one today, make myself, you know, put my shirt and tie on and go and do a viewing. Um, so I went in, saw the house. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. And how much did they want? 93, I think it was. So yeah, I'll pay 93. That was it. Um, they went, yeah, okay. And they accepted accepted the offer and, and away we go. So um, I then just, you know, it's at the time you have no idea what you're doing. So you, you just use the internet. I've read the books for the knowledge and I've got the house now. And the intricacies will not be in the book. That is a fact, they never are. The, the book talks about the general concept. You have to piece it together. There's a little bit missing of this jigsaw. So you go, which solicitor to use? So I literally Googled, solicitor property manchester and i picked one it had some good reviews and i went with them um
and I, I still use them to this day. It turns out they were great. I've, I've used some bad ones that I've been forced to use um, due to lenders' criteria in the past, and they've been crap. But these people I've been using, and then all their staff left, went to another company, so I now use that company. So I'm still using the same people today that I did on property number one. Um, and the conveyancing began. They talked me through it. Here's the searches, pay for this, pay for that. Okay, done. Um, and I got a home buyer's report on that as, as my survey, which uh, no, no, I wouldn't do that anymore. The them types of surveys were a bit of a waste of time. I mean, he, he scared me so much that I thought the house was falling down. Uh, clear erosion to the front elevation of the property. What? It's, it's eroding. And then, and then when I phoned him up, I went, what's going on? The, the house is being eroded. Oh, well, no, just like one of the bricks, um, you know, it's just kind of like a bit weathered by rain. Jesus, I mean, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing here, and I'm trying to pay you money to tell me buy the house or don't buy the house, and, and you're telling me that it's going to fall into the ground. I'm like, is there any major problems? He's like, no, no, it's, it's beautiful. And just say that. Don't, I, I don't write reports anymore. I'll go around with the, I've just had a, I'm digressing. I'll tell you about that later. So, um, so this property, yeah, the, the vendor was taking so long. He was not filling out paperwork. And I was panicking because I thought, am I not going to get my first house? Is something wrong here? So I was, I was chasing. I had now gone back to the boat. So I was doing everything by phone, phoning up my wife. Go and knock on the door. Just go and say hello. Let's find out what's going on. Um, but I didn't need to worry. I mean, it was all, all tied up within that three-month period. I, at the time, obviously, I didn't know how long it took to buy a house. I thought it was a week maybe two weeks. Um, I'd completely forgotten about the process with my own house that I, that I own. Um, and then, yeah, we went down the conveyancing for three months, something like that, and, and then it was purchased. The house itself needed very little work. I, liquor paint, that was it. And then we did the checks. We did the you know, electrical safety inspection and the gas safety check, um, and they were all fine, so we didn't need to replace anything there. Um, but yeah, liquor paint, and clean it up but when I was buying property number one um, the about two weeks later on the next street another property came up that was even better than this one so I managed to get that one for a little bit cheaper and that conveyancing so when I, when I was speaking to the solicitor he said oh you're chasing me again about this one I went no I'm buying another one and they're like oh right okay I just got so excited I get carried away but I when I jump into things I, I really jump in so I actually completed on the conveyance of property number two before property number one was completed by about a week. So I had two houses on the same week and was like, shit. Um, luckily, they both just needed uh, property number two, which overtook number one. Um, that, that just needed uh, just needed cleaning, if that. It was, it was ready to go, absolutely. Um, probably 20% better than the other one. And it was cheaper and a faster sale because they were landlords so they knew what they were doing they did the paperwork so um so yeah that, that was kind of a nice introduction to getting into property two houses that didn't need a lot of work simple conveyancing um and they were already set up so then i decided what most people do is to market them for a ridiculous price because i was greedy and i started doing my figures i went well if i charge double the market rate i will get double the money um I didn't do it as extreme as that, but I was probably £50 over the market rate and I had one view in, in you know, two weeks. 
And then the next week I had two viewings and these were the wrong people anyway. So then I dropped the price to, so for example, I, I was putting them on for 650. I then dropped the price to 595 and was inundated with viewing requests. That's how greed of 55 pound. Um, so, so yeah, we managed to get good tenants in and they stayed in there for a number of years. Then, so I'm going to talk about both the properties because they were at the same time. Um, so the tenants stayed in for a number of years. Then the tenants actually left in the same week after two years. So yet again, I was marketing two properties at the same time. But this time, uh, because I, I chose a nice, really nice area, it's Salford, it, it's a nice area. Um, and the tenants we got in were really nice. Both of them did a deep clean on both the properties and there was nothing to fix. So I figured, let's try. So now the property value has gone up. So now I could have charged 650. Mm -hmm. I thought, you know what? I've learned my lesson last time and I want to rent them out real quick. So I put them on for 595, both of them, on the same time. And this time I've never seen it. I've heard of it in, in the stories from other people, but I had a queue of people. I pulled up in my car um, 15 minutes early for the first viewing and there was a queue of people outside and I was blown away. I thought, is there a party? Is there a house party going on? I had people with bikes and couples and you know people with their parents and okay. I went, are you guys here for the viewing? They went, yeah, if you want, if you want to do the viewing, you've got to get to the back of the queue. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the landlord. Like, wow. So I opened the door and everyone went in. They were running all around the house. I was having side conversations. Can we, can we get it now? Can we get it now? Amazing. And then when I, I, I said, can I get everyone's attention? Does everyone know we've got another one on the next street? And probably 50% of the people went, oh yeah, we'll come now. And they were making phone calls. Get down. We've got another one. Then, then properties were done that night. So, so again, if, if anyone's listening, just market your property, you know, one produce a good product because they were nice looking houses and um, clean and tidy. That's what people want. You don't need to go high, high end. I mean, it depends where you are in the country. I'm sure down south, you've got to go high end, but you get the high price. Mm. But up and around here, good, good product and a, and a reasonable price. So talking, talking about high end, uh, so when did you purchase uh, those two properties? Because again, you purchased both in, a, in the same week. So like, yeah. how long ago was that? In November, I would say 2016. 16, okay. So would you, like, what type of advice would you give for people again? Because 2016, maybe that's, that was in a moment where the property prices were at the top. You know, like 19, 2019, like 20, that everybody said it's kind of the top for the property. So you know, so what would you recommend for people? Because again, you probably didn't do uh, a lot of comps. You, I don't know if you did the research, what's going on in the neighborhood, because again, you've been familiar with your own neighborhoods. Uh, and that's, again, that's what probably gave you that confidence into buying, you know, those deals, because you knew the area. But what would you recommend for people? Because somebody who is looking to get involved in this, again, because we are at the top of the market, again, the financing is, is a good piece now. It's easier, you know, to get financing with the, you know, better options available. But like what people should do when it comes to buying a house, because as you said, there might be some landlords who will be selling this property way overpriced for what it actually is. Yeah, you, you've got to, um, you've got to be educated and you've got to have some money in your pocket. 
So if you're jumping in without any money, then you've got to start borrowing from someone, friends and family is probably where you go first. Now you're offering them an interest on it and you're still trying to cut your teeth in property. You know nothing about property. So it's not a very good, it's not a wise decision for them to lend money to someone who has no idea what they're doing. And it's not a good idea for you to borrow money when you don't actually know how you can actually pay them back. So I would say your first property should be bought with your own money. So you own no one anything. If you, if you mess it up, that's on you, that's fine. And if, even if you do mess up in property and you get it for the wrong price, just, you're just gonna have to wait a long time. That's it. You're not gonna lose out, you're just gonna be delayed. But you'll learn a lot, so it's a good education. Um, so I would say, educate first. Read um, 20 books. 20 books on property investing and business, something like that. And make sure that you buy buying with your own money first. If you don't have the money, we'll go and earn the money. If you still don't have the money, then go and rob a bank. I don't know what to tell you. You've got to figure it out yourselves. So you have your money, you have your education, then you've just got to jump into it. And by having the education, you'll start to know if a property, you can then look back at sales histories. You can have read a book on negotiation to try and go, if the price is high, we'll be a good negotiator, get in there and grind that price right down. You know, a lot of people, they'll go in, they go, I'm not good at negotiating. Okay, there's, there's books on that. So become good. And, and that way you're not, you don't have to pay. If, if the prices are inflated right now, my, them, them two properties, the ones that I bought for 19, 93,000, they're now, I could put them on the market for 150 in these COVID times. And um, other, other properties in and around the area are on for 150. But they're worth 130. So if you're buying it from me, you better grind me down to 130. And if I know they're worth 130, you should also know that they're worth 130. Don't pay 150. We're probably going to see in a few months time things drop and we're going to everyone, you know, the news will cry. It's a crash. But it's not. My houses will go back to 130, which looks like a major drop from 150 to 130 overnight. But it's not. It's realistically, it's 130. So you have to really know. And that's why I'm a big believer in buying in the areas that you know. Mm -hmm. And yeah, maybe you're from London and you can't buy houses down there. Then move to Manchester move to Sheffield, move to Leeds, move to Liverpool and get to know an area there. There's nothing stopping you. And even if you've, but I've got a job down there, Matt, in London, I don't know, quit or spend your weekends walking the streets of Liverpool until you become just so familiar with the area that you know, I, I mean, you could point a house out in Salford and I'll tell you within probably five grand what it's worth. I could also tell you about the layout just by looking at the windows and looking at the shape of the house. I could draw you a, a floor plan perfectly and give you dimensions of each room and tell you who's probably living in there and what they, where they work and what they do and, and have a tenant profile from that. You know, so, so these are things that, that everyone can do and that's how you know you're not going to get ripped off. But first house, get the education, buy it with your own money and just make sure that it's, it's a good deal. Yeah, that's a very great advice. So thank you. Thank you for giving that to the audience. Again, and for people who are, you know, as you said, talking about, oh, I don't have the time. I don't have the how to, I'm living in London. There is no good deals around, whatever that might be. You should get the, you know, uh, your book as well. You know, no excuses, because that's what it's all about. You know, just getting rid of those excuses and making sure that you're clear uh, with your mission, what you want to do. 
But I, I wanted to talk about something else, uh, as you mentioned, you know, all these people lining up, you know, potential tenants that might be renting the property, you know, tenant screening process might be something that, uh, you know, future landlords might get uh, problems with, as you said, you know, at some point you kind of knew that they were in the right fit. So maybe you can share some strategies, like how do you screen those tenants and know that they're not going to be the right fit for you? Oh, I've, yeah, because I've, I've messed that up in the past. Um, I, I, I'm a good reader of people. And I think that, um, that that's good in everyday life is that that's good in business. But when, when you're a landlord and you're invested in your own property and your heart and soul has gone into the development um, and then you'd be desperate to rent it because the, everyone talks about these projected ROI figures, but the reality is I can't buy anything with projections. I can only buy it with real money that's coming into my bank from the tenant. So I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a motivated landlord to, to get someone in. And the two times that I've messed up with tenants is when I've been managing it myself and I've met someone and gone, yeah, this person seems like a decent guy. And I've just kind of hurried through and I've just seen some bank statements and gone, yeah, that's fine. Move in. Mistake. Absolute mistake. These two tenants, as you know, is, is something that, that has been highlighted. They had CCJs. Now, which is, sorry, sorry for the people that don't know, what is a CCJ? It's a county court judgment. If you okay. owe debt, then there's been someone's taken it all the way down to court and they've, they've processed that and they've said, yeah, we grant the um, the person who's who, who needs the, uh, the person that you are indebted to, we grant them the money so you have to pay them back and mm -hmm. stay on your record until that's cleared. Now, both the stories were, oh, it's you know, it's a parking ticket that I, I didn't even know I had and blah, blah, some excuse, insert whatever excuse there. And I was tired and I had finished this development and my main focus was on getting the refinance done. And then, you know, I can then start, you know, I just needed these rooms rented. And um, yeah, I let my guard down. Now, when it comes to managing now, I, I don't manage my properties, which um, at the start of COVID, I was saying, yeah, do it. Absolutely. Especially for my HMOs, do it because I'm saving hundreds of pounds every month. But it's actually cost me um, because I've, I've got the wrong tenant. So if you are letting your properties, just stick it with a good management agent. How do you know they're good? Well, test them out. You know, you can then be the judge of character with them because you're not, you, you know, you've got the time to do that and then make sure that they have a stringent check. Make sure they charge you as well. If they don't charge you, then they're not doing proper checks. But I want to see a credit score. I want to see you three months bank statements. I want to see employment status and I want to see your pay slips. I want to have a reference from your employer. If you're employed, then there's no reason that your employer won't give a reference. If you've been renting before and I'll do some checks and I'll just say, oh yeah, are you renting? Yeah, great, good. I want a landlord reference. Ugh, if that's a problem, then great. You're not getting the place. I'll also, I want to see, I want to do a, um, an affordability test. Let's see if you can actually afford this place. If you've got someone who's uh, who's moving in with you, right? I want to see their stuff as well. And if you don't supply it, that's fine. You're not getting in the door. But the majority, or should I say, a hundred percent of the people who are legitimate and above board, they will say, "Yeah, if it was me renting, yeah, my credit score, which is excellent, by the way, 
and um, here's you know my earnings here's my bank statements here's my wife's you know information as well and um, anything else that you need I, I would be an open book and i would get the place and i'd treat it amazing and i'd clean it and i'd want my deposit back at the end so i'd make sure everything's immaculate uh, any little issues i just fix myself and that, that's who you want to get in if you get someone who's just a bit bit dodgy is the best way of putting it you know they, they do a few cash and hand jobs and you know they that type of that type of tenant you might think in the at the beginning they might go oh can I, i'll pay you an extra 50 quid rent you know things like that oh i'll pay you in cash don't tell don't tell hmrc don't do it just keep everything above board these are the tenants that might be good for a month or two but within six months you're going i wish i'd never met them you know, stick it with a managing agent and make sure that they check, check, check everything. They should have minimum of six points that they're checking. You know, so that's mm -hmm. that is my advice, and that will that will save you because right now in COVID times you're not going to be able to get insurance, um, rent guarantee insurance. I've just checked mine recently, and the stipulations in there are ridiculous. You're paying double the amount now. Um, and not receiving anything. We're not going to pay in the first six months. We'll only cover it for a year. Uh, we'll lots of things. And if you have to evict a tenant now, um, I've just seen court dates as as early as twelve months time. Wow. You can have a tenant. It's already taken five months for the courts to open. Now that means the tenant's been sat on their ass for could be seven months at this point for landlords and for me. Um, and then if we do it in 12 months time that's 19 months of a tenant sat there not paying rent just putting two fingers up to you and that's because you know and in my case that's because uh, oh, it was just a parking ticket yeah just take yeah that, that that's a really good advice and again uh, for for the people who are listening um you know in uh, different parts of the world uh two fingers is just like a one finger in your country <laughs> That's that's what that's what he meant. That's what meant he went. So yeah, it's tenant screening process is is really important piece, and I'm very happy that you, you know, gave those uh, those nuggets to the people that they can go and you know try and implement themselves. Again, the thing that I wanted to talk about was again you have a gr really great like social media presence and. By the fact that that you spoke, I do understand. Like you do everything with kind of with your own money currently. You're not raising any money from people at the moment, right? Yeah. Well, what I do, I, I do use investor money. Um, okay. But every property is is I, I still own 100% of my own business. Um, and there's there's a little section that no one talks about in any of these courses, webinars, or anything. Now, every time I borrow money, it gets paid back, so it's done. So I still retain everything in the property. I don't have any bad debt. Now, the only way to do that is by, you will leave money in every property deal. You know, there are magic ones where you pull all your money out. Yes, but, you know, I'll find one of them every three years. So, yeah, yeah, don't, you can't run a business around that. So you have to run the business on the fact that you will leave some money in and be prepared to do that. Now, you can't leave money in if you don't have any money. So, you know, I started with money and every property deal I did, it left a bit more in, but my property portfolio increased. So I have a higher cash flow. And then when I do another deal, that cash flow now gets left in that deal. And 
and that's that's the way to do it that's the secret again it's these you know they'll give you the overview of everything but the things that you have to identify is that there's no magic formula mm-hmm. some money will be left in the deal i can't borrow money from someone and say oh well here's 75 percent of it back the rest is just sat in this house for i don't know for a few years maybe that's not good enough people need the money back so you've got to figure that out and the solution is to make sure that you can leave your pot of money in there um, okay. so that's that's what you do you do need to use investor money if you want to grow your business and, and buy bigger and better things and move yeah. faster um, but don't be under any illusion that they're just going to let you just leave their own money in, in deals yeah exactly so currently you have seven properties at the moment right no 15 15 here you go so your your instagram should be updated a little bit yeah i, I, I figured if i stood them all up we'd be done in 15 weeks so that's like right okay but um i'm currently buying buying uh, another unit as well well the big commercial units so i'll break that down into three rental units so it's 25 here you go so can you can you talk about uh, again the strategy behind the investing are you long-term investing you're playing on appreciation or what what strategies are you using you're planning to flip some of the properties like what, what do you have going on in your deals in your portfolio currently yeah i, I did um i've done one flip and that was painful but it was necessary um the money i borrowed from um from the guy who introduced me to rich dad poor dad um, i had to pay him back so my plan was was completely crap at the start it was oh yeah these properties will go up so much in value that i'll be able to just refinance them and pay him his money back and then as soon as i quit my job and was full-time in property i realized yeah that's not a good strategy so that was where i did a flip made the money paid him back and then again i i now had no bad debt so since then i just kept on buying refurb refinancing and retaining all the properties because I want to increase that cash flow. And I like now that, you know, with the properties, the, the earliest ones were what, four years ago, probably, yeah, four years ago, like in two months time. Um, so I've seen them go up in value. I have some nice equity there. It makes me feel comfortable, makes me feel safe, knowing that I can tap into that for some money or sell them and make some money if I need to, but they're there and it, and it allows me to see my business growing. Um, and, and you know, it just gives that tick in the box. Did I make the right decision? Yeah, time has told me, yes. Um, so I like to retain everything now, and that's what I'll keep doing for the future. Now, when it comes to strategies, courses will tell everyone, just pick a strategy, because they want to sell the courses. They want to be able to split everyone up into different ones. Um, but my strategy is literally that properties will present themselves, and you've got to then figure it out. The next one that I'm buying, I'm, I'm scared. I, I always am. Every property I am intimidated a little bit by. But I sit down, it, it gives me butterflies. And I go, that's a good feeling. That's a, that means I'm going to be growing by the end of it. So I'm going to turn a commercial unit into two apartments upstairs. Never done that before. And a coffee shop downstairs. And I will also be owning the coffee shop, developing it out and have I ever owned a coffee shop? No. Have I ever developed a commercial unit into a commercial unit? No. Have I ever developed um, apartments? No. But that's that's what I'll be doing. Now, if I was to pick a strategy, commercial to residential, you know, I, I, I would be pigeonholing myself. 
but I've done commercial to residential into a HMO. I've done HMOs, I've done lease options, I've done flips, uh, just buy to lets, buy refurb refinance. I mean, a smorgasbord of, of different investment types. But every time what happens is the prop, a property will jump out to me. And because I'm clued up on every single strategy from education, again, just reading books and, and YouTube videos, uh, Google, everything, I'm able to see a property and go, I don't know what it is about this one, but there's a deal there. Now, a lot of the time, I'll just go and do the viewing and secure the property, knowing it's a good deal. And then I never back out. I just go for it. Um, in the past, I have backed out of deals because uh, didn't have as much education as I have now. So now, I'm pretty sure for the past 18 months at least, I've, I've always gone for every deal that I've, I've um, pursued. But, um, but that's it. There's a lot of people out there who, I spoke to a guy yesterday and he said, oh, there's a deal and I don't know whether to go for it. I'm like, if you've been doing this long enough, you know, if you hesitate, if you think for one second this is a good deal, just secure it, just have it, just buy it, because it'll be fine in a few years. And he said, right, yeah, I'm going to go buy it today. Great, done. And that, that's it. You, you know, you'll, you'll find in life, like you were talking before, we get given opportunities. And I could speak to anyone, and, and after about an hour, they'll then suddenly go, yeah, I was given this opportunity once and never took it. Oh, and I, I was given another one, actually. Yeah. What about that time I was offered a job in Spain and I never went? Yeah, that was an opportunity that could have changed your life. You should have done something. Or when when the family said, "Oh well, we'll sell you this house for five grand," but I didn't have five grand. That was an amazing deal. You should have done that. You should have found out a way of getting five grand. Everything that is worth going for is going to be uncomfortable. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and whatever strategy, I've got to say, you can't get property to fit around your strategy. The property is there. If, if I get tomorrow offered, I keep, I always say this one, if I, if someone offers me a caravan for a pound, that's a good deal. I'll take it. I don't invest in caravans, but it's property and it's a pound. I can flog it the next day. I can flip caravans. That's my new strategy. You know, I don't have to sell a course on it. I just, you know, I'm, I'm in this to make money. So as long as it fits into the overwhelming strategy of being able to have it managed. So the coffee shop, I'll get a manager in. The flats above, they will be managed. My HMOs managed. So, so it fits into the overall strategy of being passive, but doesn't matter whatever property. Have you got one to sell? Gotta buy it. Mm, got it, got it. That's great, great advice again. Again, for the people, you know, is like what you said to, to the guy that, you know, you should go and buy the property. Sometimes, you know, saying no in certain situations could be even better the decision than saying yes. But again, it comes down to education, as you said in the beginning, just educating yourself because in the times when people are beginning, they don't know when to say yes or no. You know, it, it's, it's kind of very hard for them to tell if it's a good deal, if it's going to work. And maybe that's why they need people, you know, just like yourself who will influence them will, will, uh, with their experience and their kind of perspective on things. So that, that is pretty, pretty cool that, you know, that you're helping other people to make good decisions at the same time while you're building the, you know, your company as well. I Something that I just said, um, I just want sure. to interject because there's, there's books that are always handy for everything. There's a book called Blink and that talks about, you know, the, the kind of initial perception of something and what, what your, 
what your emotions are telling you. Now, I'm, how old am I? 33 years old. Now, in them 33 years, I've encountered arseholes and nice people. I've encountered wealthy people and poor people. I've had good deals and bad deals and good tenants and bad tenants. All this, this is all in my head. This is all in my emotions. And, you know, when, when I see something, my initial gut reaction is probably going to be the accurate one to follow. So when I told this guy yesterday, I was like, what's your feeling on this? When, when you saw it and he's like, I, I wanted it. I wanted it. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's your whole body. That's 33 years for me of experience telling me that every book I've ever read telling me. Now, once you're doing the conveyancing, you're going to keep scrutinizing it and scrutinizing it. But I would say nine times out of 10, you're going to find that, yeah, that's, that's the one you should have gone for. You know, people say, people when they do it when they buy their own house, but they don't do it when they buy investments. When people go, when I walk through the door, if you get butterflies, if your heart says, yes, buy this house, then go and live in it. Well, do the same with investments. It's the same if you understand the psychology that's going on inside your head. I walk into properties and I'm going, oh, oh, yes, yeah, this is it. This is it. I get excited. And if I get excited about a property, then I'm buying that thing. So do the same. Yeah, exactly. Great, great advice. What do you feel uh, about, you know, diversifying, again, options? Because as I mentioned before a little bit that you tried the Forex trading before. No, no, never. Ugh. Oh, okay. So maybe, maybe I just got that wrong. But what's your opinion about, uh, you know, diversifying? Because, you know, there are people who are thinking, you know, diversification is good. There's people who are saying it's good. There is bad. Like, but what's your opinion on that? Should people go and invest in real estate, maybe do some, you know, stock trading, invest in the stocks, like pursue different asset classes? Like, what, what's your overall opinion? Um, if, you, if you want to do anything, anything in life, you, you have to be fully prepared for that. Now, if you want to do stock trading, you better have read every book on stock trading and know exactly what you're doing. And then if you want to maybe invest in property investing on the side, you better have read every bloody book on property investing and have put it into practice and done thousands of viewings. And when you're doing stock trading, you better have done thousands of hours of, of fake stock trading and seeing, right, okay, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing now. You don't have the time really to do them both. In, yeah. in all honesty, so you're going to end up doing one kind of crap and doing one, well, again, kind of crap as well. Now, that's the reality of it. Now, upstairs, I have a box full of tongue scrapers because I thought I'm going to sell something on Amazon. And the minute I went through the process, which was kind of fun, and I realized I wasn't going to spend too much money. I was going to try and get a product in China, looked over, and I was going to send them to Amazon, do all that. That, because that's one of these strategies out there. But I didn't have the time to just research and research and put it into practice, which I should have done. Um, but if I had have done, it would have detracted from my property portfolio that makes me tens of thousands of pounds, well, hundreds of thousands of pounds. That's, that's, that's how I'll become a millionaire is, is property investing. It's not through selling stuff on Amazon. So that quickly, I experimented, checked it out and went, I've got to make a decision here. Am I going to put in more time, more hours, more education, or am I just going to say no and use that time for property and become more successful in property? And that's what I did. Um, I speak to other people who do this, and the only way to invest in other classes is to, again, do it kind of passively. If you want to invest in stocks, then get the guy who is fully educated, or girl who's fully educated and has put all the work and he's 20 years experience and they're a hedge fund manager and you send 
then hundreds of thousands invest it for me. That's how you do it. If you want to invest in gold, buy a gold bar, put it in a safe, sit back, do nothing. That's fine. Again, it's passive. But, mm. you know, a lot of people who are active traders, uh, cryptocurrency, forex trading, things like that, these are all, they're all kind of put out there from Instagram and you get a guy sat next to a Lamborghini going, hey, you know, look, I'm, I'm really rich. I love to scrutinize these pages. I'll scrutinize. I'm like, oh, because if I, if I see something like that, a 20-year-old looks arrogant, talking, talking a bunch of shit that I know is shit. I'm like, how has he got a Lamborghini? So I'll start scrolling, scrolling. I'll spend all night on this until I get the answer at the end. And I go, oh, wait, no, if you scroll all the way back, yeah, I can see this. I'll look in the background and zoom in because I'll use things that I know. I know property. I know that's a, that's a 30 quid microwave. Millionaires don't have a 30 quid microwave. No, no, no. You know, I'll look and I'll, that's him in his bedroom. He's got a single bed. What? What's got? He's it. He's it. His mum's house. You know. So, so it's it is all smoke and mirrors. It's bullshit. If you want to invest in forex trading, you find someone who's highly reputable and you give them your money and they invest it for you. Same with uh, everything. Same with stocks. Same with same with gold. Anything like that. Or you put in the work. That's it. Diversifying the portfolio sounds nice. And we've heard it on a lot of movies and we've heard it on, on everything. And people always say it um, because it makes them sound busy. But there's no point putting 20, no point putting 20 quid or, or a thousand pounds into stocks and shares. You've got to be putting tens of thousands of pounds. And it's the same with property. So, you know, the amount that I've got invested out there, hundreds of thousands of pounds, you know, what that's 735,000 is, is what I've got there. That, that's a shitload of money now to me. But, um, but yeah, you can't be messing around with this. If, if I take my foot off, off the gas on property investing, I could potentially lose big time, lose everything. And if I was to do the same with the stock market and put, let's say, a hundred grand in, that could be gone overnight because I'm, I've I've taken my my eye off it. So so make sure that you can have your eye on the ball one hundred percent of the time. Yeah, if you really care about that money. That's again, that's another solid advice. Again, learning how to you know allocate your energy and focus on things that matter is again is is very important. You know, talking about, uh, again, coming back to your Instagram page, I would like to, you know, discuss uh, one thing with you is like marketing and branding yourself. Because again, it looks like you're putting, you know, some time again, creating the photos, uploading the stuff, you know, the content, like there's a lot information that you put in, you know, about the deal itself. There's a lot, you know, the, the price that you purchased, the deposit, solicitor searches, you know, refurbishments, everything. So there's, you're putting, it, it seems like you're putting a lot of time and effort into that. So maybe you can explain people, because I know at the end of the day, it's, it's kind of for your own sake also, just kind of look back and see your own personal journey. But why is this important, like in this day and age, you know, to brand and market yourself? Um, it's just because you want to be known. You want a bit of a celebrity status. You like podcasts, you like interviews, you like, you like people messaging on, on Instagram. That's really why people do it. But um, what, what's very important is to try and figure out what message you're trying to put out. Now, for me, no one can really call me out on my bullshit because I don't put any shit out there. I don't sell anything. I don't, well, I've got a book. Then, yeah. 
it's but it's again it's something that I don't um, I don't really do the branding on I don't really force that advertising there down people's throats and um, because I consider myself to be a self-taught hands-on investor and if I can go from boats to property then anyone can do that and if anyone wants to ask me how do I do that I'll tell them and it's it's one of these things where there's a lot of courses being sold there's a lot of snake oil being sold and the reality is when you get someone like me who tells the world that you can do it through just ordering books on amazon and audible and kindle and just reading 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 and then practicing 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 and then and then also messaging people like me and saying have you got an hour for a chat because i'm struggling with x y and z i will give you any experience that i've got for free it doesn't matter podcasts listen to them and there'll be information there for free and I like to do that. I, I like the idea that there's someone maybe listening who's going to go and pay 20 grand for a course. And they go, actually, you know what he said? He said, read 20 books and then use your own money to buy your first property. So I think I'm just going to read 20 books and take that 20 grand and put it down as a deposit on a first buy to let. Congratulations. You're now a landlord overnight. You have now just created a passive income and you'll have learned a lot. And in that time, you'll start to talk to people and you'll probably raise more finance. So the branding, the, the, the kind of the social media side, the message has to be clear. My message is you can do it yourself. Anyone can do it. You know, and that, that again echoes with the book. No, you know, excuses kill them all because that's what people need to hear. I mean, some people might look at my page and go, oh, bollocks. Well, message me. Message me, ask me, you know, what, what don't you believe? What, what isn't real? I don't, I don't claim, um, there's even on my page, check this out, scroll all the way down till you find me sat on a, sat on a table with 80,000 euro in front of me. Have you, have you got the uh, page up there? Yeah, well, I, I seen it. Like I seen the post, I, I think I scrolled, you know, all the way to down. So, but let me see. Oh, well, here we go. We see it. Yeah. yeah. Sat on the table with, with a shitload of money in front of me. That's good. That's good, man. That's a, uh, you know, you need, you need to put that content out. Then again, you know, for the people who are thinking, Oh my God, look at the Matthew. He's bragging with 80 grand. Like I have no job. It's, you know, again, at the same time is, you know, we like he's bragging, which is nothing wrong with that. But the second thing is he's looking to inspire other people to do the same, you know, because if you think 80 grand is a lot of money, there is a problem. You know, there's a problem because look at the same time, there is people, and I'm sure, you know, Matthew, myself, and probably you who are watching this, you're no people who are making 80 grand in a minute. Mm-hmm. Those people do exist. So it's all about changing your perspective and mindset on things, as you said, you know, but it, like, look, as you mentioned before, life and real estate business is very simple. Again, because what you told before, maybe we're not going to be talking about because you said you're going to you're kind of simplifying and, you know, uh, the process uh, behind, you know, your business also, which is the key, you know, like simplifying things instead of making everything look complicated and complex and make it complicated for yourself. But the books is definitely is, is what people should get. And I think, first of all, instead of getting a courses, like you said, through that cost 20 grand, if you just go and buy Matthew's book, uh, I think that will clear a lot of, you know, fog <laughs> in front of your eyes. And maybe you, you start making less excuses because that's what all the business is all about. There's a lot of people, you know, walking, you know, around very knowledgeable, have a lot of information, but they don't take an action. So that's the key behind everything. 
the the photo there with with the eighty thousand, that's not real. Oh, is it not? No, but it's there. <laughs> it's there. It's there for a reason. It's there because what I like to always tell people is I go right, scroll down to that page, and they look at it. If if you if you spend enough time scrutinizing, there's one error in that photo that you can identify why it's not right. Now, the whole point of it is that, that anything that's put out there can be completely bullshit. So when you see people selling these courses, please don't be under any illusion that they're not giving you bullshit. I know some backstories of people who are selling courses and I go, no, no, no. They have no idea what they're doing. I know people selling courses on social housing who own one social house. Mm -hmm. How can you sell a course? Now, you're not an expert on that. But a lot of people put that out there. Now, everything that I put out there is the truth, but I want people always to scroll to that photo and go, or is it? Well, challenge it, challenge it. But it doesn't matter how successful I am. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'll give you a load of information, take it away, figure out if it's bullshit, and do something yourself. Because all that matters is you creating your wealth. Your story yeah. and what you want is completely different from me. You might want a, a, a Lamborghini and a, and a jacuzzi in your basement and all this. I don't know. But if you do, you know how you, you can figure out how much money you need to get that. Maybe some, some of the things that I've done can get you there. But maybe I could be selling courses on complete bullshit that will never make you any money. So always be very, very aware of that. Uh, but you are right. Absolutely. Um, people, when, when, they, when they get the concept of money, they go, wow, you know, 100,000 is a lot of money, 200,000 is a lot of money. It's not, because when you start asking for money, if you're asking for 100,000, you might as well say 200,000, because the person who can lend you 100,000 has probably got 800,000. Mm -hmm. So start to, start to broaden your horizons, start to see the bigger picture, but be careful on social media, because the truth is, uh, it's a gray area. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of things on social media that, you know, look completely different from reality. And, you know, as you said, there is a lot of people because, again, it's a trend. There is a big enough topic and we can make a completely different, uh, you know, podcast episode just on that topic of people making courses and selling courses where they have zero experience or they never bought a property. They never stock, you know, they, they never did a stock trading that they, they never created a business. But that's what they do. They just sell courses and that's their main thing. And that a lot of people uh, are being called out right now because you, we have like, you know, these sources, which is like YouTube. You have actually channels that are dedicated to calling those people out, you know, and like there's millions of people watching these these interviews and people get called out and you get, you know, like, uh, you know, court, like it's, it's being put out now to the court justice because people, a lot of people have been, been scammed. So like you have to be careful, of course, yourself. And I love the fact that you put out this photo, uh, you know, of the, as you said, you know, the fake uh, kind of, you know, uh, 80 grand. But uh, look, at the end of the day, it, it's all matters if that 80 grand is going to be real for yourself. Like, are you going to make it happen? Or are you just going to scroll on social media and be envy or jealous or whatever f that feeling might give you when you see all these Lambos and like, you know, all, if you see somebody who is successful, it doesn't matter. It's real or fake. You see, you see the Lambo, and I just put put it a post yesterday on on um, on Instagram too uh, uh, about the. We've been uh, with wife in London because we're not from UK. We've been to London, and we just went around this May, Mayfair. It's it's Mayfair, like a play, like a luxury, you know, place. So we've been going like to Ferraris, Bentleys, Rolls Royce, and. 
you know, it's just a fun like place to go out and, you know, I'll put out the post, but if you read the comment, it says basically if those big brands like, Ro you know, like Rolex, Bentley, you know, Gucci, whatever that might be, you know, whatever br big brand, if that makes you uncomfortable, you need to get around people and you need to, you know, consume the type of information that will make you comfortable around these things. Because all these things, if it's a watch and it costs 80 grand, it's not because, of, oh my God, look, I'm going to be flexing the fancy watch. It's the fact that, you know, you're going to be thinking different. As you said, you know, like 100 grand is not a lot of money. And before when you started, or maybe when you was working before, you know, in a job, you thought, oh my God, 100 grand. Right. So it's just changing your perspective. And that's what it's all about. You know, so my advice, if you just go on social media, again, go and connect with people like we did, you know, on Instagram, uh, connect with Matthew, of course, and we're going to put a link, uh, you know, down below for that and just go and get inspired, you know, use it. Um, and I want to shout out to uh, Mike Winnett. He's a guy from Warrington and he puts out these uh, debunking all these sales programs, which is fantastic. He even did one on property investing. And he just, he had some money, he'd sold his business and he bought two houses and he flipped them and he made a bit of money. Didn't need to buy a, didn't need to buy a course for that. Just did it. Yeah. And, you know, he all these different, um, these different courses. Um, anyone listening, just don't, don't pay for any courses. If you need motivation, then, you know, there's this Spotify there that you can YouTube, listen yeah. to. And books on, on exactly. how get the book get the book guys no excuses you know because that's what it's all about i love the fact that you're all about taking action instead of you know like i i understand the value of getting the course but there is a lot of people that i came across they're very successful real estate investors and when i ask them what was the best investment in your career like most of the time 70 80 percent of people say it was the, the course that i bought somehow you know, because at the end of the day, you pay all this money, which could be like 10, 20, up to like 100,000, you know, and up like courses. And it's going to be a week, you know, or, or two, three days. And like what you're going to find out is like all everything is available on YouTube. So like who, who are successful from the courses. And I think the stats are that 90 percent of the people coming off courses will not take any action. Yeah. But in life. Look, look in the street, 90% of the people who walk past your window today will not be taking any action. You know, uh, people, people, uh, you know, January the 1st, everyone goes, yeah, I'm going to have these New Year's resolutions, I'm going to have a new life, and then they don't. But that's just the same with courses. People pay the money, they go in it, they think they're going to get the silver bullet, and then they don't take action after. So mm. if you're not go if you're the type of person who's not going to take action, then... And I don't know what to tell you. You could, people who do take action, you can put them in any business, any business, anywhere, and they will rise to the top. Stick them in a corporate structure, they'll rise to upper management. This is just what these types of people do because they take action. You know, I've had, I've had a conversation with people and I'll test them sometimes. They'll say, oh, can I have a call? I go, yeah, can you give me a call at 5 a.m. tomorrow? Oh, oh. I'm sorry, but if you want something from me and you can't get, I didn't want to get up at 5 a.m. I was just bullshitting. But, you know, if if you're the type of person who wants something, wants to go after your dreams and goals, best believe you should be picking up the phone at 5 a.m. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's, it's very difficult, you know, um, when you see some of these people. There was a guy uh, I had a, a two-hour conversation with, and I said, I set you a task. Uh, there's a book, and I'll recommend another book. It's called um, The Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. Fantastic book. Just kind of 
and sets out the structure of life. Now, this is a guy who's a multimillionaire. And at the start of the book, he says, yeah, I'm multimillionaire and I don't care if I sell one copy of the book. This is just all my thoughts, feelings and everything about life that I believe. Read it, don't read it. Take it on board, don't take it on board. I don't care. I make my own money. Great. Love that start. Now, I told this guy, I said, right, this book, it's something like seven hours on Audible. You probably listen to it on 1.3 speed because that's simple enough to do. And I said, right, it's Sunday. By Monday morning, I want you to message me, tell me that you've finished the book. Pretty simple task. Pretty simple task. He messaged me Sunday night to say, I haven't even started it. Uh, you know, I, the kids and something else and something else. And uh, But this week, I'm definitely going to listen to it. Thanks for the recommendation. But that was not the task. The task was to finish it in 24 hours. If I had been set that task, it would have been finished in 24 hours. If you had been set the task, you would have finished it. You would have finished it in 12 hours just to say, ha, I'm better than you, Matt. You know? So that's the difference between an action taker and a non-action taker. Yeah. It's, you know, if you go on the course, you're either going to take action or not. So you might as well just read the books and save yourself some money because you're either going to do it or not, right? Just yeah. figure out what type of person you are. If you want to become an action taker, taker then I don't know. I don't know what the strategy is. I just always have been, but at least now I'm, you know, I'm kind of guided down the right path. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Again, wow. Like so much great valuable information for people who want to get started, you know, in real estate business, but not just in the real estate business. I mean, any business because like your advice could be applied as you mentioned, you know, in any business, because that's what it takes to, to succeed. You know, like the, the mindset part is, is the 80%, as everybody know, like 20% is mechanics. And again, but that 20% is so important because people, you know, a lot of people get stuck at that 80%. They think, oh my God, I, I just have to think, you know, and, and, you know, like law of attraction kind of, you know, and things will come out to you. No, like you have to take the 20% and it's kind of important. You know, maybe it's, I would say it's, you know, it's 80, 20, but I'd say like 50, 50. You know, you have to take a lot of action and move a lot of mountains and, you know, like do a lot of stuff that it's very uncomfortable, you know, most of the time. But it's been a really, really good fun. I really appreciate the time today. You know, Matthew, I think a lot of people are going to take away a lot of golden nuggets from this uh, beautiful interview. And that's what I want to ask you guys. Again, if you're watching this interview, just go and share this with somebody that you think uh, this information might be valuable, which I'm sure it's going to be. Uh, and go and make sure to follow Matthew on Instagram, Matthew Invests. Uh, that's his handle on Instagram. Again, pretty, uh, pretty good channel with a lot of, a lot of info. So make sure uh, you go and do that. And Matthew, really appreciate the time. You know, uh, hopefully, you know, we can connect sometime in the future when you're going to be 100 units up or whatever your business goals are. But uh, you're moving quite fast. Again, close two deals in one week. So that's a, that's a good beginning. So I'm sure you're going to uh, go far with your property business and, uh, you know, I wish you nothing, just a, a lot of luck and I'm sure you're going to do it, you know, in no time. Yes. Thank you. Awesome guys. So again, uh, make sure to go and follow Matthew, uh, share this message with, uh, with a friend of yours. And as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching.